0: What is it? It's a gun rack. A gun rack? A a gun rack.
1: Yeah,
0: right. I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. What am I going to do
1: with a gun rack?
0: You don't like it? Fine. You know, Wayne, if you're not careful, you're going to lose me.
1: I lost you two months ago. Are you mental? we broke up get the net hello listening people hello oh Oh, god (laughs) is this how we're going to play this game is it no hello Bartek how are you doing good Ryan how are you doing good Ryan excellent thank you for asking i'm doing quite excellent because we're we're Ooh, back you're, again you're
0: being a bit of a bill and ted right now
1: oh <laughs> no man see that's that's referencing uh american movie when i say man
0: uh, they do go to a wisconsin city in this they film. do uh
1: swing swing <laughs> <laughs> can we just do this for the rest of the episode can sure we? oh no <laughs> and then i become uh wait episode of what Oh, Pictures Power, wow, our podcast. Oh oh that's why I have this
0: thing in front of me. I was gonna say black thing. That would have sounded bad, but thing microphone in front of me.
1: Microphone, thank you, fucking <laughs> New Year, same, Bartek. So, uh, hey, we're called Pictures Pow Wow, and I'm sure Alice Cooper could give us a deep dive history of why we're called that, because he knows a lot about history. He knows about Native Americans. He knows a lot, and uh, God, I love Alice Cooper. I, can't I I've seen him live. Alice Cooper's great. Very entertaining, very informative guy. I saw him in Wayne's World, I think. In Wayne's World? You think, sure. but you don't. You saw him in that 70s show. Um yeah I was like was he in that? I, rem-
0: yeah. I remember Kiss was in
1: he, it. He he uh, he was in a dream sequence that Eric was frightened about Donna being left alone at the radio station with uh with uh, him. And he and he's a, and then Eric comes over and he's got his snake and he's like, How about we feed your boyfriend to my snake? And it's just just great. Alice Cooper's awesome. And then he gave a Love bunch. That guy. And then he gave
0: a bunch of trivia about the Native American roots of the name Point place.
1: He probably would have, but uh <laughs> let's uh, that was set in Wisconsin, right too. Yes. Everything's set in Wisconsin. Is it actually an important location in America or is it just a fun one to put things in? I get. I don't know. Americans, let us know because we're here to talk about Wayne's World. We're Bob from that. The first film he says from. feature film starring Michael Myers.
0: Yeah, we've done the second, and we've done the career-killing one.
1: We did. No, we haven't done *Cat in the Hat*. That did kill his career majorly too. Okay, I well, actually have some trivia. After, I but... have some. Oh, yes, but. Cat in the Hat was supposed to be like that, but it, oh. I have a lot of trivia about Cat in the Hat that actually relates to this. Oh, uh, so I'm into I'm, it. I'm, you will. I haven't be, seen it, but I'm into. it You'll this. be into Wayne. it so much because Wayne's World is the film we're talking about. But listening, people, if you if you have not seen Wayne's World, we recommend that you do. In fact, Bartek recommended Wayne's World. This was his pick he's to blame. And if you haven't seen it before, well, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Well, we're going to be discussing it, uh, plot points and gags and all. So ye have been warned. Now Wayne's world is a film that we have both seen before. We both have a familiarity with it. We've referenced it, Uh, sporadically throughout our podcasting experience, there's many times over where I say, hey, that person's in Wayne's World or you'll reference a gag from Wayne's World or you and I will have debates about sequels and you'll bring up well, the Wayne's World sequel's a great example of one that works and so it has always been looming over this podcast, like Mike Myers himself.
0: We'll get to it later, but we actually have a dangling question from years ago about Wayne's World.
1: Oh, okay, and I'm glad that you remember this question so you can ask it. Mm -hmm. But Mike Myers is also this figure that... We have referenced and talked about and discussed his films over the years. He's somebody, I I think it's fair to say he was a, a comic titan when we were growing up. Yeah, yeah. He was around and so everyone our age knew of Mike Myers and liked him. I didn't really know anyone who didn't like Mike Myers my age. Everyone yeah. had their entry point, whether it was Austin Powers or Wayne's World. Or, yeah, like
0: even beyond the fact that, you know, I like Wayne's World a lot, Part of the one of the big things for my decision this episode was just, I, I just want to see a
1: Mike Myers film. <laughs> you just want to end. You could have chosen Austin Powers too. We've mm, done number one. I could have chosen Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> you could have done Young number two. Ah, which Rob Lowe... Rob Lowe and Wayne's oh, World. I, I
0: picked the Rob Lowe and Mike Myers joint.
1: Their first one together. Uh, on movie form, at least. I don't know. He probably was on SNL at some point. This is an SNL character, Wayne
0: well, didn't, and Garth. I think one of the trivia points mentioned that, like, in doing this film, Rob Lowe realized, like, hey, I actually have, like, a bit of a talent for comedy or something. Mm-hmm. So maybe Rob Lowe's not. very
1: funny. I love Rob Lowe. Uh, he's a very funny dude, as I've stated on this podcast, his casting in Austin Powers Two is one of the greatest casting choices in any yeah, film you've, ever. You've been saying that for years. He is so pitch perfect as a young Robert Wagner, <laughs> <laughs> while still having his own silly flair. I always think about him crying in 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 in. Uh, Austin Powers Two, when uh, Doctor Evil's bouncing the globe, the big inflatable oh, globe, yeah, and he keeps yeah. hitting him in the face, and he goes, "What are you going to do? You going to cry? You gonna He's you like cry? Be, he goes like, "You going to squirt some eye?" Yeah, he he turns. was like being indignant, and then he starts crying. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. He, he tries not to cry, and you, you don't, you don't even get the sense that he is going to cry. That's but, what I but, mean. Uh, yeah, Doctor like Evil goes from indignant to <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the greatest comedy <laughs> cries I've ever heard, but. Wayne's do you remember your first time watching this? Can you, can you lead us down that road? I'm
0: pretty sure it would have been just before the mid-2000s. We mm-hmm. borrowed the DVD from Blockbuster and we watched it. I think it was one that my mum was like, oh, yes, I remember this was a funny film. Uh, we watched it together. I remember my stepbrother was there and, yeah, we really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I distinctly remember when we watched the Bohemian Rhapsody scene someone it might have been my mum specifically laughed and pointed out the fact that like the drunk guy said like let me go (laughs) so i always had it in my head that like oh he he didn't want to be there he that's why he said let me go but no he was into it in the film
1: (laughs) i similar experience we we got this on video and then dvd and so i've grown up with this it's always been there i still associate mike myers with austin powers but wayne's world has also joined up the hip.
0: I've seen Austin Powers more than this, so yeah, probably, probably me too. I've seen them
1: equal, but there's more Austin Powers films to play with. I've seen the second Wayne's World only a handful of times. I've seen the first one mm. way, 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 way more.
0: It's pretty equal for me. Maybe this one just a bit more since it's the first one, but I usually watch them back and to back.
1: I, as stated a moment ago, Mike Myers was this figure in my childhood... But the thing about Wayne's World as well was, because of my parents' taste in media, um, pretty much everyone in this movie was in my wheelhouse. Uh, So many actors in this uh, are here, and it feels, when I come back to it today, like like a little reunion special of every one of these actors that I loved so much from film and television in this era are all in here, uh, well, they're all here. Uh, uh we have uh, the guy who is the um, what is he? The the owner, the the manager of the place that they yeah, eat Noah. at. Noah. Noah. No, 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 no. Where they eat. Oh, at the Ed, restaurant. Yeah, Ed uh, O'Neill yeah. is the actor, and I know him from Married with Children and, and so many other things. And I I always perk up and smile because he's giving that very specific type of Ed O'Neill dark comedy sense. Ability to Wayne's World, and mm. I always perk up because not because of his character, which I do enjoy. I love that he also talks to the camera; that's a great gag. <laughs> but I perk up because hey, it's it's Ed O'Neill, it's it's Al, it's Al Bundy, yay! Yeah, it was it's
0: like a breaking of the fourth wall in a film that already breaks the fourth wall. Like you're not allowed to do that.
1: And there's just so many of those people here that I I just. As a kid, and even more so today, I, it just gets me giddy of all of these familiar faces. And all of them are doing fantastic work. Mm. Everybody here is doing uh, something brilliant. Uh, if anything, the only person that's, uh, that we know to be brilliant... Now, in retrospect, but we know to be brilliant that does very little here is Chris Farley. Chris Farley's here for a scene of exposition. Yeah,
0: apparently, this was also his film debut.
1: And so they didn't know how to tap into that. They do in the sequel, but because uh, he's one of their friends. Yeah, the he sequel. was. Yeah, he mm-hmm. had a bigger
0: on the sequel, but I can't really mm-hmm. remember.
1: It's been but a while. Uh, yeah, everyone's here. Roblo, uh, Tia Carres, she's also an actress that I've seen in a, in a whole slew of things. Yeah, it's just one of those where. I can't even remember the first time. I do know and I'm curious to hear from you of uh, some of your big like gut-bust laugh or like big laugh out loud moments in terms of like when you think back to Wayne's world like throughout your youth because to me it is when they interview Noah on <laughs> on the show that to me has always been little ryan's favorite scene in the movie and uh even now it was one of my favorite scenes it was great (laughs) ah geez
0: it's hard to tell because yeah because it's been so long uh, quite a while since i'd watched this film i was getting some of the gags from the sequel mixed up with it um I'll say that the biggest laugh that I had watching it last night was the scene where Cassandra was on the phone and Wayne was trying to make her laugh. It was making me laugh. I was the one breaking like <laughs> Myers. Oh,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's what I always remember the, as well. The, the,
0: the, the, the scene where he is truly naked, not because he's not wearing pants, but because he's not wearing the hat. The... He, he looked so weird.
1: <laughs> it's very disorientating without the hat. Yeah. I really like it, the gag, actually. One of my favorite little gags. It's a throwaway, but it's it's quite beautiful and meta is camera one, camera two, camera one, camera yeah, it's two. Yeah, the beginning of that scene, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why I was thinking about it. I, I really like that where Wayne's on top of her, but we're seeing just this these shots of the camera angles changing, and then we realize it's a POV shot of her like his individual of, eyeballs of yeah. his individual eyeballs looking at her. And it's just it's just a fun little setup. It's mm. it's cute. She seems to be having a ball doing it. Uh I mean talking about Tia Correa, I also grew up with her in Lilo and Stitch. That's a that's a big one. She's uh Yeah I haven't seen that like, film in a million years. Yeah she's the older sister in yeah. Lilo and Stitch. She's nanny. Yeah it's like uh, it with N. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh <laughs> <laughs> and I have referenced this on the pod so many times and I've had to remind you that it's in this movie Yeah, I, is it, the, the go- rooftop sequence where he's learned Cantonese and mm. they're having the whole subtitles gag and whenever I bring up the subtitles gag in any movie sequel, yeah. I think <laughs> of this first film like we've, we've talked about Austin Powers has great subtitle gags yeah. but I always bring up the first Wayne's World and you are always confused you're like that's I, in the be- sequel no like, because no. I always mixed it up with the dub gag from the sequel mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, it's a sequel they have to play around with some of the old gags but uh so what was it like to come back to Wayne's World today do you even remember how long it's been since you've watched it
0: I feel like the last time I would have watched it was possibly 2010 2011 so like right at the end of high school and I think I just had it on in the background I might have Mm. watched it little later than that, but I definitely recall, yeah, end of high school, just having in the background while I was doing something.
1: So over a decade then?
0: Yeah, roughly about almost a dozen years, yeah. <laughs> um, it was just always a film that I've had in the back of my mind of like, that's a comedy that I've always laughed at, like every time I've watched it. It's just always something funny in it, always enjoyable. Um, and definitely since then, you know, I-, I think doing the podcast, you know, which we started mid-2010s, Um, has really improved my ability to actually think about film doing it with you Mm. um so often when i do recommend a film like oh yeah i watched this forever ago and i want to see it again there is an element of like yeah actually putting on a bit more of an analytical lens on it um seeing it how uh it shapes up compared to other films uh and just seeing like how how this film really got it right because when i watched it you know as a pre-teen, almost teen, um, it was a funny film, but I wasn't thinking about how it was funny. Now I see all these individual things and I actually look things up. Like, one of the things that I don't think... i I think on my last viewing or the second last viewing, whenever that would have happened... There is a scene, it's very brief, it's like when they leave the club and they see that like uh, rich-looking guy in the car and they're like, excuse me, do you have any grey poop on? Mm-hmm. I've never understood what that was. I just thought, like, oh, he's just saying a funny word. And then after I watched it last night, I looked it up and I had a really good laugh at what they were referencing. It was a commercial for mustard.
1: Yes. Weird our references that in his song, uh, Genius in France, uh, as well. So, okay. There are some gags that have dated definitely there's pop culture references that one we don't even understand because we're from australia and now it is 2023 and so there's some things in there that just don't work the film is but there's so 1992
0: yeah it's 31 years old now jesus
1: and there are some gags though where it doesn't matter because the energy is so high so Mm. there's that sequence where they uh where they Garth and Wayne decide to just kind of faff about and they uh, go to like the bottle factory and the they Laverne like, love. and Shirley yeah, yeah Laverne and Shirley are... which that's another thing
0: where I always just thought, oh they're doing a funny and it feels like a real thing that I actually watched mm-hmm. last night like the thing that they were referencing. like oh shit they actually like recreated shots and like locations yep
1: and it that was a big deal, but looking at it today, I know Laverne and Shirley only because pop culture references it all the time. Uh, because it was a big deal, but I I haven't watched an episode of it myself, and it wasn't. It's not. I only know the and so and yeah, the 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 big deal, but uh, don't want to diminish it. But it's just something that we haven't engaged in, and so there are some minor things there that just don't work. But in terms of a big takeaway, I had on this revisit of it was. Um, it's been maybe 4 or 5 years since I've watched Over Wayne's World and I kind of forgot and maybe because we watched Bill and Ted recently but mm. I kind of forgot what like what an asshole Wayne is. Um he's an asshole. Like he's a prick. Wayne's Wayne's kind of a dickhead. Um mm. I always think of them as more soft, nicer and with some moments, uh, my favorite comedy moment in Wayne's World in either of them and that's this has been referenced on the podcast many times too. Is is the gun rack? Yeah, that, I love that. But that—that's
0: what I thought you were referring to earlier when that, you were talking about the Cantonese thing. <laughs>
1: that there, the gun rack thing has always been an example in my brain of something that stands out as weird because Wayne is such an asshole about it. And then you read the real life story about how Mike Myers had an ex girlfriend and mm. the whole situation. He was like
0: full straight man in that sequence.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's not nice. Um, And he's not nice in a lot of scenes in the movie, actually. And I just forget that because the energy and the tone of the film, like with Bill and Ted and like with so many other comedy movies of this era, has a sweetness to it. It's sweet. It's being um, snarky and it's being very... Uh, you know, biting as well, but there's just a sweetness to it. Like how I, when I watch an Austin Powers movie, when I watch a Mike Myers movie in general, I come away with a warm sensation in in my tummy rather than like, ooh, I watched something a little bit more fucked up, funny, blah, blah, Mm. blah. And I just really did take for granted that Wayne is a real... Bastard! <laughs> he's, he's, he's not the, like. He's nice, but he's also there's so many moments where I'm like, ah, oh, Wayne, did you need to be racist so much in this? <laughs> and, in, and they're doing it deliberately. It's not as if they're unaware. But I, I became unaware of it in over time without having revisited it for a while.
0: I mean, yeah. Again, having revisited it, you know, quite a while since my last viewing, my perception of this duology, this this world of Waynes. Um, was that like oh yeah this is this is a sort of wacky world where like a gag will happen and it's it's always kind of that energy, um, but when you start the film like for the first half it, it, it's very much kind of in the real world with just these random non sequiturs that come like after they finish their first show that we see in the film you know they go out they sing a song they go to the the diner and you know they have an encounter with people then they go to a club and it's like okay these guys are just like living a a life that, and we're seeing, like, moment to moment of them d- doing this, like, Friday evening routine, um, and then when you do have the gags that happen where it's like, oh, now we're doing the product placement gag, which is another one that I really love. Um, oh,
1: let's open this door, and there's a bunch of people training for some yeah. battle in there. Where well, that
0: was the one where they were really pointing out, it's like, oh, yeah, I just really wanted to do this <laughs> specific random thing. Um, and it just, the perception of this franchise is always like, oh, yeah, just, like, anything crazy could happen, but it, it almost feels like and they actually get away with it too, of you know, oh you know, screw what is what a normal film would do. Let's now just do something really random. But it gets away with it because it feels like actually I don't really know why they get away with it, but it just really works. Well, it feels it's like because
1: these... they're playing with the format of what this movie is. It's doing the quote unquote movie plot where you have and Saturday Night Live adaptations do this a lot Mm. which is you have the character and they have their little show their their show or their creative endeavor and then some corporate business person comes in and swoons and sways them to come over and then they're stuck in this oh, isn't the Hollywood system evil and corrupt, blah, blah, blah. We at Al also did this with uh, UHF. Yeah. It's a tried and true story, but they're so bare bones that it like, allows you to do anything else you want as long as you keep sticking to those bare bones. And I think that's what makes Wayne's World work is the Rob Lowe stuff is arguably the least engaging material in the movie but it's also the most important material because it does help push all of these let's be real sketches into one another and give it the feeling like this is a feature film worthy story rather than why didn't they just save this for sunday night live Mm -hmm. and so i think that just ties into what you're getting at here at least in my eyes
0: no there is some truth to that um just randomly, the other night, I was re-watching some old videos that I'd seen in the past, and I was going on I Hate Everything's channel, um, and I re-watched his Search for the Worst on the uh, Friedberg and Seltzer movies, mm-hmm. you know, like the Date movie, Epic movie, and Disaster movie, I think the third one was, mm-hmm. um, and it was interesting timing that I watched that before Wayne's World, because those films also kind of, in like, you know, when you're really stripping it down to basics are films where, you know, they're doing a story and then, like, a random thing will happen and it just does not work in those films.
1: Yeah, because they don't actually have a, an assemblance of a plot. Yeah. It, the one that most people like out of those is Date Movie because it has the assemblance of My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. And others. But,
0: yeah. but it, yeah, it just feels like this this film definitely had... You know a lot more thought put into it, a lot more of a clear vision mm. um yeah, and it just worked so much better and it just feels like oh man they 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 want to be Waynes world. it almost feels like but they just failed to get there
1: i always disple I'm always displeased when people want to ask the who do you, which one do you prefer Bill and Ted or Wayne's World, because they have a lot of similar things in common the the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, you know, dudes that hang out and they're just best friends and they mm. go on some wacky little adventure. And I do think there's enough differences between the two. And I appreciate that in Bill and Ted, they don't have any conflict with one another. The closest they get is one of them makes a remark about the other one's mum, and then that's it. And then it's like a minor explosion. And then that's it. Wayne's World, both films, they 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 grab at having a conflict between Wayne and Garth a little more but they never commit to it enough. Like, And I like that. Like In this movie, Wayne and Garth split apart for a brief second, and then yeah. they just move on. They split
0: apart. Then there's a scene between them making up where Wayne talks to the camera and is like, I lost my girl, I lost my show, I lost my best friend. And the next scene begins with him getting back with his best friend pretty easily. And you buy it, because that's who these guys are.
1: They have amazing chemistry. Yeah. Uh, uh Dana Carvey and Mike Myers have amazing chemistry the scenes where they're sitting on top of the car looking at the plane fly overhead are the ones that I think about when I think about the two characters together more so than their actual Wayne's World show those are the scenes or when they're in the restaurant and they're trying to get Garth to talk to the dream girl and all of that, the dream woman mm. Um Foxy uh, and I think of those moments, and uh, there's just, uh, underneath all of the look how like, clever and meta and smarmy and the, like snarky we are, there's just something pleasant to it all. I, I like all of Wayne's friends, like that guy who constantly says that he I loves love you. <laughs> or Or when they have to go do the final mission of the movie and they go to the TV station and you have uh oh, what's the guy's name uh, C- uh, Kurt Fuller Yeah Kurt Fuller is the actor was it Rand- Ralph Rand- Raymond yeah yeah Randall or something uh, Kurt Fuller's character, who we have seen throughout the course of the movie, become like them, but he's still a corporate suit dork. Mm. And then
0: I love the scene where he's sorry to interrupt you, but the scene where he's teaching them how to do the countdown.
1: <laughs> Why? Because you just don't do that. You just don't say. No, <laughs> oh, I I adore that scene as well. I'm, yeah, Russell
0: and a uh, Russell. There you go. It's an R name, like you are Ryan. Um yeah just throughout the film every time you see them do it it like gets a little bit better like the first mm. time Wayne and Garth like going along with it the guy's like yeah look I'm doing it but then at the end of the film it's just yep yeah, he's doing it <laughs>
1: he learned he learned they yeah. learned and uh, Russell's a great character I like how he starts out in suits and then eventually he's in just like track suits and shirts and he's just using their vernacular <laughs> and uh, their cloakalisms and, and... F- platonic relationships. oh god <laughs> I forgot about that actually. (laughs) Oh my lord. The, the, here's what we learned. (laughs) I liked Rob Lowe's one, what he learned, (laughs) and how very much like, you know, just because I'm handsome and have a beautiful bod and all of that. When I
0: saw him do that, I was like, is he going to start dancing? Like, I I feel like I've seen him like randomly start dancing before,
1: but no, that didn't happen. You want Rob Lowe to dance? Like, I thought
0: he was going to like rip off his shirt and he had like a, you know, ballet guy clothes or uh,
1: something. uh, Mike? Do the film again and add that Bartek once Roblo dance. Do the
0: mega happy ending, but with extra ballet.
1: So, what was uh, some? What was some of your favorite moments on on this viewing?
0: Again, yeah, the making Cassandra laugh was great. Um, I really, and also again the the countdown saga. Uh. F- it, this was really minor and it wasn't focused on much. But when they were at the mechanic, hmm. and the mechanic just wasn't taking in what Wayne was saying, it's like yeah, we were there. Yeah, Th- yeah. Just really minor thing that I did not remember, and like there was no focus on it, no big and the, payoff. And the, and but the mechanic's
1: a- at their drunk friend that they picked up on the side of the road, the one that's in the car mm. with them. The one I can't remember his character's name, but the guy that. Is in the Bohemian Rhapsody scene who's like, "Let me go." Yeah, I I I forgot that that was the same character, and then I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's him." He just has his hair pulled back in a ponytail. I didn't notice. jeez. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's him. That's why they're like, we were there, man. Don't you remember? He's like, no, he wouldn't. He was just so wasted. Oh, okay. So that's what that,
0: he meant by we. I thought he was just talking about him and Garth, but no, it was him. <laughs> yeah, we were all there, man. We were right there. Jeez, I missed that. Yeah, it's him. I'm pretty sure that's him. And it was still funny. But and it I was still it. funny. <laughs> well,
1: Garth was doing some hijinks as well during that scene. Uh, oh, a, a sequence I, I, I really love. It's just so bizarre. It's when Rob Lowe talks to Garth. Mm, The the hand thing? The (laughs) robot hand? That scene is just weird, weird, weird. And I... Look, Dana Carvey's doing God's work in that scene. He's doing some great facial acting and over-the-top physical stuff, but... Rob Lowe's playing the straight man there, and he's doing great stuff. I, uh, Rob Lowe is so good in this movie as, like, a slick piece of shit. There's so many lines where, on mm. paper, they're not funny lines, but he adds a certain inflection to them, a certain sliminess, a certain cadence.
0: He just like, manipulates it to, like, you know, Noah doesn't want to do the thing, and then he, like, says something, and it's like, I'm glad you're on board and no one like goes along with it.
1: I have all of your tape. I have all of your episodes on tape. As I said, I'm a big fan. You like you garbage man, you garbage, you handsome he it is distracting how handsome he is. He's very handsome. Mm. That that uh bad ending uh where he gets the girl, where Rob Lowe gets the girl. <laughs> that well, You there. didn't think
0: he was going to end up with Wayne, did you?
1: That that there that always got that got me as a kid. I was like, no, what? and then they did all of the endings, the Scooby Doo
0: ending. Going back to what you were saying about Garth, uh, any scene where he is not with Wayne really has that energy. Or even moments like when. You know, Wayne's like, "Oh, only Garth and I can talk to the camera." But like, anytime it's just Garth on the camera, he's just so nervous. Except he does the look that- over there, runs away. Or when
1: he brings them underneath the table, yeah, and he just starts talking about an episode of a show he watched.
0: Yeah, and then in the in uh roblo's house where he's like let's go look around his house <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> and also his his uh analogy about the underwear i always mm-hmm. think about that one
1: <laughs> the line delivery is great for that yeah garth is uh, do you ever who do you prefer garth or wayne who, who who do you like who do you who do you find yourself gravitating towards it's a hard question man <laughs> it's hard to separate the two but i'm asking you to for me it's Wayne. The gun rack thing elevates it to top tier. I, always, I love Garth I, but that fucking I, I, gun rack <laughs> stuff is 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 absolutely bananas. I mean this I mean this
0: rewatch really made me appreciate Garth a lot more but I think it mostly has been Wayne, yeah. Ah. Uh,
1: now we have watched both of us together. Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. and so that was it's surprise. quite amusing, <laughs> because when I talked about Twin Peaks, I was like, oh yeah, Lara Flynn Boyle, she's she's Donna in Twin Peaks, I was like, oh, you may know her from uh, Men in Black 2, she was the villain, and you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and then I'd be like, oh, and she was in, she was in Wayne's World, and you would be like, she was in Wayne's World? Who was she in Wayne's World? I'm like, she was the crazy bitch psycho... Hoseby's girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, and you're like, really? So what was that like? Just minorly touch upon just, were there just some like her, those actors that now over the course of the 12 or so years since you've watched it that you're more familiar with and you're
0: like, oh, now you're in here. Yeah, well, uh, we did do Nothing But Trouble with The Contrarians not too long ago, so Noah Vanderhoff was, you know, the cop at the end of that. Um I didn't notice it was Donna Hayward in the film, but afterwards I I read, like, trivia about it and it mentioned, like, her name. Like, Lara Flynn Ball. I've heard that name somewhere and I feel like very frequently in a recent year. What was it? And, yeah, Donna Hayward.
1: This would have been a year or so after Twin Peaks. This wouldn't have been that long after. Was
0: Twin Peaks that early in the 90s? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been then.
1: I think the difference is she has slightly different colour hair. And we're seeing her in weirdo like not the traditionally homely clothes of twin peaks where she's wearing big sweaters Mm. and and she she looks like she's from a different time period (laughs) (laughs) i just thought it was interesting because yeah there, there are some actors that are just thrown into the mix here and uh like hey or some celebrity people like hey there's meatloaf meatloaf is the security guy at the front of the club? And i, I forgot Meatloaf was in this. I remember him from from uh, uh, Spice World, of course. You remember him in Spice World? Oh, remind me. I'm gonna
0: and I'm gonna. He go, was oh, your favorite
1: fuck. character, the bus driver. He was the guy that drove their big bus from place to place. Yeah. What was his big gag? His big gag was that he fucking loved the Spice Girls, as everyone did, and it's amusing because he's Meatloaf. We have to watch Spice I World again. I do have to watch it again. It yeah, was such it's been, a, too, it's that's been a, too long. Guys, Spice World's a funny movie. Not enough people want to admit it because it's a Spice Girls <laughs> and it's a movie made for preteen girls. You're cowards. There's a scene in that movie where the villain gets so angry in his office that it starts to thunder and storm inside See, of remember, his office. I remember that a lot more than the bus. That guy, but... there, or there's a scene where the Spice Girls meet aliens and one of the Spice Girls kisses an alien. Yeah, that film's great. You guys are all pussies and cowards. Stephen Fry's in it for some reason. <laughs> we could go on for years. I do
0: want to watch that again.
1: Uh, one of my big uh, laugh moments was. Uh, um was cassandra and the snake during her music video and just how she was grappling with that snake and it was a really funny moment where we couldn't see where the snake's head was it was like behind her and she's lip-syncing to her song and just the the actress put on this expression on her face that clearly the snake had gone like, you know, down there, uh, like, in know, in her butt or somewhere else. And she just, the, the expression on her face was funnier than if she said any lines of dialogue about it. And so, mm. oh, and I really got a gut bust laugh of she has the snake and they've walked off the set. She's now going to catering. And she just, like, so casually... Hands the snake to Rob Lowe, and Rob Lowe's reaction <laughs> to holding this big snake really got me. And he holds it, really, it for the rest of the scene. He holds it for the whole scene, and it was, it was, wow, I really loved that. Speaking
0: of, you know, arse stuff, Rob Lowe's the one that had to react to his ass being, you
1: mm. know, I just, searched. It, it, he did, and he did a great reaction shot to that of an, mm. oh boy. And we get to
0: see it three times. Oh, well, not that, but like the posts when he gets out of the car.
1: There was. A little moment that stood out to me, and then the Scooby-Doo ending paid it off. Where it was, we're going through the restaurant, yeah, and yeah. they're introducing characters, and they introduce this old guy, and it's like here he is, and it's very awkward and weird. And then we don't hear or see of that character until the yeah. very end. And the Scooby-Doo yeah. ending, and unlike the Chris Farley thing, where they pointed out like that was a really mm. you know
0: informative and talkative security guard that gave information. Like for that guy, it was just like. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good. And then he, he, and he's sitting between two of Wayne's, like, and friends. And then
1: there's an awkward exchange of looks between those three, and then the scene keeps going, and it's like, <laughs> what was that? What was that? And the answer is, this is that. This is what it is. It's a gag for, like, the second last minute of the film. I do love that Noah's wife is genuinely a fan of Wayne's world. <laughs> She's so happy to meet them. She's a fan of television. Oh, that was a great gag. Uh, one of Wayne's, uh, you know, group just saying that uh, Noah's wife is a babe. She's hot and all of that, and she gives that expression like, "Oh boy!" But I love Noah's just casual, like, yeah, yeah, she is. Thank you." <laughs> just goes on like he didn't seem insulted. Yeah. He seemed like, "Oh, that's a oh, you actually saying that."
0: It's true, though. It's the kind of thing where, like, just explaining it, you might think that, like, oh, it was an awkward moment, so he thanked her. But, like, the way he played it, it was, like, really, like, oh, that's a nice compliment you've given my wife. Thank you.
1: The, The greatest compliment about Wayne's World I can give is the way it's executed is perfect because there's another version of this where you have the exact same written gags and they just fall flat. But the way that everything is executed is, is is pitch perfect. Like that sequence there, where if you describe it, you can make it come off as a really awkward, bad scene. But everyone just is in the moment. You know, Brian Doyle Murray and, and the wife, who... Um, that that actress was in uh, in Clue, actually. She plays the French maid in Clue. Mm-hmm. And she was in uh, a cut of Apocalypse Now. It's, a, it's a, Apocalypse Now is like 15 cuts. Uh, but uh, she's great. And obviously the guy in the group. And there's just so many gags and sequences where if they didn't have the right actors, if they didn't have the right sensibility and tone, it wouldn't really land. Such as having Alice Cooper in the movie is fun. As somebody who's a fan of Alice Cooper from, you know, young age to now, it was always great to see Alice Cooper. But if you don't actually give Alice Cooper anything funny to do, then it means nothing. But most importantly is how do you play it? And that scene there is so brilliantly played because Alice Cooper is just so sweet. It's so sweet, and he's a surprisingly good actor. Mm. Uh,
0: and I like the trivia point that was like, oh, he just thought he was performing. He didn't know that he had to memorize a monologue.
1: <laughs> no, and there he is. And another one of my favorite gags is when they start bowing, we're not worthy, we're not worthy, and Alice Cooper puts his hand out. like eh. <laughs> He accepts he's Alice Cooper to them. Uh, he he tried to be a real person to them, and it didn't work. And, he, and you can kind of get from this, at least for me, that this is a constant for Alice Cooper that he mm. has to go through. He goes,
0: eh. well, I am Alice Cooper.
1: Alice Cooper's a fun dude. His he's, uh his parents were uh, really supportive. Were really supportive of his career. Like Alice Cooper, you know, shock rock kind of uh, theatrical. Uh, he wanted to be the Captain Hook of rock and roll. And once you know that you're like, yeah, I can see that. And yeah, back in the day, controversial for stage stuff, but none of it was actually controversial. He just does magic tricks and theatrical stuff on stage. So he has like a guillotine in each one of his shows. He has a guillotine and they put him in the guillotine and they cut off his head mm-hmm. and, you know, it's stage magic stuff. And his parents, uh, are like, uh, Christians. I think, uh, his dad was a minister And so he's like a good, he's a good Christian boy background, but he does all of this I'm demonic stuff, but none of it actually is I'm demonic. There's a whole album called Alice Cooper Goes to Hell, which actually, if you really listen to that album, it's actually a really harrowing story about a guy trying to figure out his life and drug addiction problems and uh, alcohol addiction and stuff and going through hell and coming out on the other side Um, but since it's called Alice Cooper Goes to Hell and has a picture of him smiling evilly people like he's the devil it's like no he's a good he's a good Christian boy and his parents would say Alice I really love your show but I think he could have used more blood on stage it felt very weak tonight so he has that type of background but when he does this thing I'm sitting there going that's Alice Cooper, like, I know the guy. This is a really accurate way of yeah, writing him. Yeah, it's funny
0: because the film portrays it as playing against type after the performance, but if you really know the guy, then it's, like, the truth.
1: And it's even more amusing that it's the truth. There was a period of time, I think it was around this time, he was the coach of his, like children's little league team or soccer team or whatever and some of the kids eventually figured out he was alice cooper (laughs) and it changed the dynamic because once you know that the coach of your sports team is alice cooper because obviously they wouldn't know because alice cooper's not his real name of course his stage name and obviously he looks very different when you have him not look like alice cooper it's very weird to see Alice without the makeup and things. So here he has like the makeup, and I'm like, hey, I'm going on an Alice Cooper tangent, but I just love the guy so much. He's very fun. He had he had a uh, he, he had snakes. One of one time he lost a snake down a hotel toilet, and they had to close down the hotel for the night to get it out of the toilet because it was going through the pipes and everything. Okay, um, uh, <laughs> he worked with. There's a magician who's no longer with us called the Amazing Randy. Uh, I can't remember if I got you to watch the documentary about the Amazing Randy, but it's great. It's called uh, The Greatest Liar, where the Amazing Randy's a, st- he's a big magician, and he then became a-, a debunker of hucksters because he realized people like Yuri Geller and like so many of these other uh, televangelist people are just using stage magic tricks to fool people. And as a magician himself, this. he got really pissed off. So he would just go to their shows and just be the spreader of uh, information to their misinformation. And uh, he, he, he toured with Alice Cooper for several years because he did all of the props and stuff and everything. And so he was this, He always looks old. He's this uh, also gay uh, magician. One time Alice Cooper and his band got pulled over by the cops because they thought, huh, rock and roll fan. But uh, Alice Cooper and his group were into beer. They didn't do drugs. They were into beer. So James, uh, the amazing Randy tells of the story where it's like, we got pulled over. The cops were very confused because they thought Hard Rocking Alice Cooper going to be a boss full of drugs. And instead, he, they were confused when it was just beer, Bibles, and one gay old magician. <laughs> <laughs> and they looked at me like I was scum because I didn't make sense in the group. <laughs> and I just think about that a lot. But uh, that's my random uh, tangent aside. Now, what was the World question that we've had lingering? So back in I think September of
0: 2018, we did an episode with our friend Luke on my super ex girlfriend,
1: starring Uma Thurman,
0: starring Uma Thurman, Luke Wilson, and
1: Rain Wilson,
0: and Rain Wilson. That's true, not
1: related to Luke.
0: <laughs> Um, and you- Wilson that is he could be related to Luke Peveril, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> and you asked a question about Wayne's World relating to that film, where the climax climax the climax of that film uh takes place on like a rooftop uh scene where there's like you know they're, they're having dinner there. Mm and there were and you asked the question like is this the same set <laughs> <laughs> as in Wayne's world <laughs> as from the cantonese scene in Wayne's world and i and we were stuck on it for a while i was leaning no and you were <laughs> like oh we we have to check out Wayne's world at some point and come back and, and answer this question. I, I had a quick look to see like, okay, is, is my super ex girlfriend any stream thing? It was on Disney plus.
1: Thank you, Disney.
0: And thanks to, you know, the fact that I could see the timeline of the episode and what, when to start the film, I gathered like, okay, it's about a, an hour, 20 minutes in. Uh, so I watched that scene from my super ex girlfriend. and I don't think it's the same.
1: I, you know what? I believe I'm right, and I'm not going to double-check it, but we've waited for five years or so, and I believe I'm correct.
0: September 11th, 2018 September 11th, never forget.
1: That, that, that's when the episode was released. We probably recorded it like a day or two no, before. No, 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 never yeah. forget, never forget. September 11th, 2018, the Wayne's world incident. Uh, so, I have some information about Cat in the Hat that mm-hmm. relates to this. Sure. Now, I don't know if you read the trivia too much about Wayne's World. I did. But this is Mike Myers' first feature film. Mm-hmm. And uh, from all accounts, from the director to Dana Carvey to literally everyone, he was a massive asshole in the production of this movie.
0: Yeah, I was a bit saddened to see all that.
1: He was going through some family tr- troubles as well, which we have also seen be referenced when we did So I Married an Axe Murderer, right? Where yeah, one of the characters he plays is based on his like, Scottish father and all of that. So he had a very deep connection with his father who was dying during the production of this, and then apparently in Wayne's World 2 there's a whole sequence where he goes like Wayne is in the desert or something or other goes on a spiritual journey and that there actually unlocked something in Wayne and not Wayne in Mike Myers himself to help process the grief of his father's his father's passing so this era of his life is a very much a blur for him he even talks about that in interviews yeah. he doesn't really remember making Wayne's World as much because it was he like, just remembers finishing it yeah. finishing it and then my dad was dying and it's it's a whole ordeal so he was going through a lot but the director specifically hated him. Yeah. She had to assign her daughter to manage him because she couldn't manage this prima donna asshole. And her
0: daughter hated her for it. And her daughter
1: (laughs) forever hated her for it. And it's sad because, yeah, we like Wayne's World. It's very fun. It's cute. And years later, pretty much everyone in this production has forgiven Mike Myers, have have been, we're okay with you. Why I bring up Cat in the Hat, and uh, that is one of the, Nails in the coffin of his career. Many people think of the Love Guru. Yes, that's a big one. But the the Cat in the Hat was actually quite a big deal as well, and really disillusioned him into in working in Hollywood. He was forced to do the Cat in the Hat. He didn't want to do it. Okay, it was a contract thing, and so he was very annoyed doing it. And he just wanted to do everything his way. And from what I gather. His behavior is very similar in Cat in the Hat as it was in Wayne's World. And actually, when I look through Mike Myers' career, there's several times in his career where he has this type of shocking attitude because to to us simple viewers, he seems like he's just a sweet-hearted guy who's having the time of his life in interviews. He seems like a very soft-spoken, humble guy but constantly it's brought up. There's a rift between, there's been a rift between him and Dana Carvey for ages as well. He just seems like, honestly, kind of a nightmare
0: mm. to
1: work with. And I just wanted to bring up that in his first feature film and in one of the ones that is the, arguably the end of his career, he had the same behind the scenes attitude. And I just find that fascinating to think about because there are some actors where they start out rough and rowdy and then they humble and they become more all the opposite where sweet natured and then they go off the rails but weirdly there's just mike myers who kind of just has consistently kind of been troublesome to work with throughout and i just thought that was something Something to reflect upon when we look at what is the first entry point for large amount of viewers to this guy, to the world. Probably this was the first time anyone had ever seen Mike Myers because if you weren't in Canada or America experiencing his sketch stuff, you wouldn't know who he is. Mm. This would have been your mum's first experience with Mike Myers because I imagine she wasn't watching Saturday Night Live, and I can't imagine so. No. So it's just something. Something I would just find interesting. What do you think about all of that?
0: Yeah, it was it was weird. I I knew about the Dana Carvey stuff, that there'd been some tension with them that, like, has been alleviated, but I didn't know about all the other stuff. And even just reading the trivia, there were, like, all these little interesting things. Like, you know, there was a bit of he said, she said things going on. Um, and then there was even a trivia point, and this wasn't really about, like, you know, being troublesome to work with, but, like, that he in 2013, directed a documentary on a guy that he first met while doing this film to get permission for, was it for the Bohemian Rhapsody song? or Was it Alice Cooper related? I think it may
1: have been Alice Cooper because they wanted schools out and, they, and this guy is like, no, no, we should do his new song. Frankenstein. Yeah, that's, Frankenstein. Right, that's right, yeah. For the Alice and, thing. And he was so swayed and wooed by this guy, and then they became lifelong friends. Yeah,
0: apparently for like 20 years, he was like, you've got to tell your story, and then eventually Mike Myers like directed a documentary about him. Like, I'll, oh, I'll say this. I'm interested.
1: I would watch it. I want to watch it. I know. I'm interested. I mean,
0: it's a Mike Myers directed documentary. I'm very interested. And the real life guy like... sounds
1: fascinating in his own right, so yeah. I'm interested. Maybe I'll add it to the list.
0: Yeah, it's like 2013. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah.
1: I like Mike Myers. I, I like, I him. love him, yeah, I like him, he has, but like with all of these comedy greats, especially from this this uh stable of Saturday Night live actors, they're just there's just also things that are repugnant, like this is he's from the same era as as Adam Sandler and. David Spade, and we've had long discussions on this podcast about that era of Chris Farley and all of that, where I love their movies to bits, but also there's many things I hate and many things I loathe and many things I despise. It's a real uh, fireworks affair when it comes to that group. They're very, very talented, very, very, very good at what they do, but also they make some of the worst material I've ever seen (laughs) in, in comedy. They, they, they get away with giving us some of the greatest film comedies of all time, like Wayne's World, whilst also giving us some of the actual worst film comedies of all time. It's, it's just crazy to think about how there are those comedy titans, the people that we herald and respect, who give us both. Mm. And that's Mike Myers. He gave us both. He gave us Wayne's World and he gave us Cat in the Hat
0: well wasn't love lo- oh the love guru that one he was a bit more passionate about right? yeah like but- he actually wanted to do that one
1: yes yes but we like the love guru that's true shock shock it's got ben sir ben kingsley in it and one of Vern troyer's best roles he's great and john oliver john Oliver's there too and uh gary cole is there was it gary cole i think gary cole's in that movie I can't remember. It's been a little while. Kanye makes a cameo. Yeah, well, that is all I have to say about Wayne's World. Is there anything else you want to mention, touch upon, or talk about?
0: Uh, We've done the loose thread, and
1: that was the thing I was saving, so I think we're all good. That is it. So we both recommend Wayne's World. Yes. It's a great time. Mm -hmm. I, I still think it holds up. I still think it's amusing. I still think it's fun. Now, the next movie we'll be talking about is a recommendation from myself. It, it better be. It, it, I'm just saying for yeah. for listening people, I'm recommending a movie. It is from 2009. It is French. It is an animated film. So obviously there is no English dub of this that I'm aware of, but I know I, why I bring that up is important because I'll come back around to it. Mm-hmm. It's called a-, a Town Called Panic. It's a stop-motion, I think stop-motion animated film. Uh, there was... This is kind of like Wallace and Gromit, where they initially started out with a bunch of shorts, Mm -hmm. and I grew up with the shorts, where they were on TV, on ABC, all the time, it was all these little four-minute shorts, and they were voiced in English, but for the film, they didn't get the English voice actors. So uh, I personally have not watched the film. I've seen the shorts, Mm -hmm. but I'm interested to see the film because it's something I enjoyed from my childhood and I just never got around to it.
0: So the film was made after the shorts.
1: It kind of like leads up to it. Like, you know, the shorts, like with Wallace and Gromit, when you look at how long it takes to make the shorts and then eventually curse of the wear rubber, but yes, it comes after the shorts. Okay. So, uh, it'll be interesting to come back to it, uh, in a way this, like this, Animation thing that I've liked since my childhood, childhood. but it'll be different because it's a feature film, and different because it's in the original language and not the the voices I'm familiar with from my childhood. So mm-hmm. there we go, a town called Panic. Uh, you can find that in the description below, just in case you need a reminder. And you can find our social medias as well. Where Spit and Polish presents, you can contact us on there, interact with us on there, or you can email us over at.
0: Spit and polished at gmail.com.
1: He got it right. <laughs> that was really difficult. He was <laughs> I, difficult. I've only
0: said it a lot.
1: He's only said... Well, sometimes you get things wrong. I got it wrong that one time. You did yeah. get it wrong recently, I'm pretty a couple, sure. A well, yeah, handful of episodes I, ago, yeah. And I had to stop you and go, Bartek, do it again. Do it again. Hmm. It it it's 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 called unappreciated masterpieces.
0: <laughs> That's a kangaroo Jack reference. That's
1: a kangaroo Jack reference. Uh,
0: well, I was confused and almost gaslit you.
1: You almost definitely gaslit Wait,
0: me. Is is that not a word? Is unappreciated not a word? I'm like, it is a word, but it's not our show name. Yes, it
1: is. Oh fuck. Yeah. Oh, uh Thank you all for listening. Remember to be kind to each other. Sure. Swing.
0: Whoa. Party on! We didn't say party on at any point.
1: I I was being brave and holding it back, and then you had to make us cowards.
0: We also didn't reference Shrek at all.